Welcome, you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Hey, it's Damien, and welcome to Geekologist Radio, where we take you through our queue and ride that hype train into the future. Let's introduce our crew for tonight's cast. Well, first up tonight, it's going to be a little bit of a, of just a, it's, we're running deuces tonight, and it's a, kind of a bad joke right now with me, because I'm, uh, I got some issues going on being sick and all, but... Uh, Brennan's out because he's doing some fixing stuff on his computer, and then, you know, everybody else has just kind of got life going on right now. Silver, you need to not knock Keith around. Uh, but first up, what we have with me, I have my brother-in-law, my buddy, Nick. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going, buddy? And Silver, yeah, come on. Knock it off with the teeth here. <laughs> Only thing I gotta say is that yesterday was, uh, game one for the Portland Trailblazers. I know this is off topic here, but uh, I apologize to everybody that followed me on my Twitter feed. I went a little crazy, but uh, that's just game one, and we did win by 48, so we're going to win the championship, obviously, this year. <laughs> I, I, I I did get quite a few Twitter notifications that when I was following. I, I was like, I was like, oh. I, I sent out, I, mid, midstream, I sent out an apology tweet, like, sorry guys, I'm just hyped about this season. <laughs> So, Aaron emissions with our I, I caught some stuff on, on on the game on side of things on my side, but for our episode with our NRQ, I didn't really find any. Uh, so, we're gonna go on with saying yeah, we don't got it. We don't have any this week, but we're gonna jump into NRQ and we're gonna start up with a show that we're extremely excited about. We're talking Marvel's The Gifted episode two and three. There is so much to connect and find in these episodes that it's utterly insane. And the, the whole thing about this series is that what's so great and what I think is hitting with the critics and fans alike is that even though it's not a rated R TV show, it's not an MA TV show, it is filmed and treated like Logan. And that's one of the things I think that's really, really hitting home with people. Nick, what's uh, kind of your take so far on the series? That's actually a really good point. I didn't look at it from that aspect. It, it reminds me almost of a the first season of Arrow on CW, kind of dark and gritty a little bit. And as, as Arrow has progressed over the years, it's gotten a little bit less and a little bit more family-friendly-ish. So... Gifted is that show that you wanted Arrow to be at the very beginning. It does have some dark elements into it. Um, There are some prison scenes that are very dark, um, uh, almost disturbing, where uh, one of the characters gets locked into a holding cell for a minute. Anyways, I'm going too far there. But yeah, that's a very good point, actually, uh, Damon. Yeah, I mean, it's... They keep mentioning the incident. The incident that they are talking about is something that ties into and they're talking about the July incident which t- which ties into Logan when they're talking about when the first time when uh you know uh Patrick Stewart's character Professor Xavier was starting to lose the was like getting dementia and losing his ability to control his powers and the energy blast they reference this a lot because this is you know in the X-Men series the thing that happened because we now know that this is part of that continuity. And now the, the interesting factor also in this is that Logan was stated that it was its own thing so that they were able to continue stuff. Now, what this series goes in and does, and it says it grabs hold of Logan and says, nope, you're here and we're connecting back to the last stand because they also, 
in one of these episodes, I think it was episode two, uh, if I'm, if I, yeah, I believe episode two, they start talking about the Brotherhood. The Brotherhood was that group of mutants, uh, uh, Magneto led with the Dark Phoenix. Correct. Yeah. In Last Stand, and they talk about them being, and they they actually talk about, they still talk about it as if they still exist. So I'm curious if in this series, the Brotherhood will come into play if there's any remnants of that. That's that's a very good point. I I, I actually kind of hope so. That would be very interesting. Um, as the Logan timeline you're talking about, you see at the end of the movie Logan, you see all the kids up in Canada, and are, we don't know what year this is. I, have they referenced the year yet? Have you caught they have that? Not, they, they have not referenced the year yet, but what we know about it from from if they're, they're talking about that incident, then they're talking about – and so they talked about it, and I believe he said – so we know – I'd have to go back and watch Logan again because I know that they tell – that they talk about the year that it happened in Logan. And okay. then the – when in episode two, when the father is being interrogate, inter- interrogated, going into a little bit of spoilers territory here to talk about the scope of this, this show, uh, is that they start talking about his son died in the incident and – if I'm not mistaken, he said that it ha- that was like a year ago or something like that. It was like a, it was a couple of years prior, and that would give us the timeline basically yeah. of when this show takes place. Um, Good point. Now I'm gonna have to go but, back and watch that scene again because th- there's I, a lot of stuff that you have to, yeah, yeah. you got to pick up on. My point was is that I, I wasn't sure because of this. Uh, the Sentinels they send out, they're not the giant big robots. They're those little spider monkey looking Sentinels. Um, I don't know. That's why I was wondering if the technology advanced so far because if the, we're following the Logan timeline, if those kids in Canada at the end of Logan, are these the kids in the underground now that they're chasing? That See, the, the thing is, is what I think is because, okay, here's, here's the thing is in episode three, it, it closes very near where they get a phone call and the Sentinel program is a phone call from a doctor. He does not give a name of that doctor, but he's in the pro, but you, you see the yeah. back scenes. It's all that all white medical style building. Yeah. That's the, that's the government organization that started capturing the mutants and put out the stuff that made. So the X gene did not happen anymore, but they caught the mutants and they used the mutants to create their super soldiers, which is what those kids were. So that's where those okay. that's where the X twenty three and X all those are going to come from. That's going to be in the future. Okay, good um, point. Yeah, that's so because if you look that, also yeah. younger, so we're we're looking at probably like twenty, like we're looking at there's a there's going to be like a probably a twenty to thirty year timeline between this series and what the events that happened in Logan. Okay. Okay. But being the fact that it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, technically. Anything Things can, can change. Anything yeah. can happen. Like, Anything. like I mean, this could they could technically because they said that this takes place series takes place in the cinematic universe. If they wanted to, this goes on for a few. If this, you know, hopefully with how well it's doing, it goes on for a few years as a season. I mean, come on, they keep Marvel keeps around. You know, they they keep around Agents of Shield, which I like the idea of it, but I honestly lost. I haven't kept up with it. Now, this is a series I'll keep up with. I Correct, really like yeah. it. And now, granted, this is Fox's Marvel, which is a different thing altogether. But they seem to be coming together and creating a a unity between their universe that may actually start to actually put up some fists against the uh, the other Marvel, which is it's a good thing for, for fans. 
but the the thing that I've, I've found with this is that they're doing a lot of of like because you know this is brian singers this is his his thing and so of course of course he's going to tie stuff back into his older 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 things but i'm glad in this point because they can use this series to make the last stand good <laughs> if they if they if they if they use enough, I mean, yeah, I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> well, okay, they can use it. They can use enough stuff to make. They can reference enough stuff to make it to where it feels like a a legitimate story arc, like a legitimate pivot point. Yeah, they could they could reference the last stand or build off of that and make the arc much better. I. You, you're not yeah. wrong there. That that could possibly happen. I mean, it's still hard to have, you know, the re- the meme that dumb juggernaut bitch and all that stuff going on in yeah. there. But uh, I mean, but still. And uh, if anybody it's... hasn't catched caught the gifted yet, it's it's a it, to me it's a must watch. And um, you don't have to watch any other X Men movies. You don't you don't have to watch Logan. You don't have to watch anything. This is his own thing. Even though we're talking about a timeline here, every mutant that I've seen so far. And I've read a ton of X Men comics. I don't know who they are. Do you know yeah. any of them, uh, Damien? I have no. Yeah. Um, like, like, I feel that certain characters, like, um, let's see, what what's his name? He goes by. I know his name's Johnny, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know his mutant Patchy. name. Yeah, he reminds me of Warpath. Yeah, but, that's true. He does. Yeah, but yeah, but they're not. No, like you know, I, when as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, is this Warpath? And I hear, I, I heard his name. I was like, oh, that's not, that's not him, yeah. But it, no. you're right, he does have abilities, kind of like that. And there is similar abilities here that you can like Magneto, refer- yeah, yeah, that you can reference from other characters that you've seen across the X Men timelines, or you know, Logan, or you know, whatever. But these are their own characters, and they're, mm-hmm. so far, so far, the main characters are really well done. Um, uh, there's a I don't know I don't know how much of the plot you want to ruin of, of episode two but this is what I want to talk about last week is that Cajun brought up uh, re- the, the mutants in real world scenarios and mm-hmm. this is what you get in gifted is that they do do there was a one flashback so far of a real world scenario of a girl in the bowling alley and she was kind of losing her temper a little bit and emotionally as a teen your abilities start coming out a little bit and you can't control them and the situation had to be uh, had to be killed by another main character, the father. Um, and there's another another scenario where a, uh, a mutant is going to the hospital and just trying to get patched up. And that's not illegal, but the doctor does have to ask certain questions. And that is really interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I hope they continue that. I'm not saying that to do flashbacks every week or you know just yeah to continue the real world things where these and they're not just into a fight. There's real world scenarios of them just trying to get bandaged up. You know what I mean? Yes, it's draw. It's you can. What I like that they're doing with their series right now is that they are giving us. You know, they're not just saying it's exactly that. We're not. We don't have to see a an, an X Men or a mutant a, a Marvel movie that is just about fighting. There's Correct. real yeah. life. We yes. can see survival. We can see, you know, I mean, they could, I, I mean, because you know, look at DC has, has. I'm not even sure if the show's still on, but they had the, the show that was just about a office building that took place in the DC. Correct, yeah. You, you know. You no, know, it's not that, on anymore. That, that, was, okay. that was short-lived. Okay. But, I mean, at least these companies are trying. Correct. You know? And if, yeah. if anybody's, well, I'm 35. If anybody's my age and remembers, they know the 90s animated 
X-Men cartoon, which is still my favorite of all time, so I'll reference it here and there in the ringtones on my phone, yada, yada, yada. But just look at the Jubilee storyline there of her mm-hmm. growing up and trying to discover her powers, and that's when she meets Charles Xavier, and Logan kind of takes a role in her as wing. That storyline is in Gifted. It's just different X-Men. Or, or yep. different mutants, sorry, not X-Men. Yep. Yeah, um, I mean, there, there's... It's... I, I liked like seeing where things seem to be going with with how they're how they're starting to film things because this is this is breaking outside the box and the thing is is if we're going to continue to get superhero movies which I am ecstatic that we're getting like yes like but I don't want there to be that burn off and this is the way that you create there's this and something else we're going to talk about when we get to the hype train but. They are starting to break branch off and give us content that is it's not outside that tri- the box. Yeah, it's not the triple A. If you want to, you know, video game reference, it's not the triple A stories. It's it's based off of them, but you know, it's a, like a, an independent story off of you know your main story there. Yeah, I mean, this gives them an opportunity to give us drama, to give us more character-driven material. And sometimes that's a good break because it keeps you still grounded and keep, keeps you like, oh, yeah, this is this takes place with this stuff. And then when the next superhero movie comes out, you're like, oh, hey, I'm ready to go see that because I've been watching so it takes place with that and references it, but it's not shoved down my throat. It's something that you're able to – it it makes you relate more to it. Correct. Because the mutants in this show could be living next door to you. Yeah. And and that's that's one of the things I like about it. Uh, Gifted episode two and three, they really go through. It's it's a story arc of of. I feel like the, the these two episodes were more of a story arc of the father, is uh, the father and the mother. Honestly, the, them having to deal with being separated from each other, trying to get back together. One individual learning that you know I don't you know what it is that he's willing to give up. For the safety of his children and also to see that basically, I mean, because, I mean, again, this this whole thing is is it's it's showing up in this like how things we're dealing with now with with racism and stuff like that. And it's in this it's speciesism kind of and it's but it's there and it's so real that it's. It, it again. It's something that I suggest if you haven't gone out and watched it. I'm right over with Nick. This is a must watch because you you can like any almost any type of show on TV and you'll find a reason to want to watch this. And it's not something you can't watch with your family. Your family can watch it because there's stuff that they will find, you know, because it, uh, for for like teenagers, young teens and stuff like that, it's a coming of age thing. Um, very for, relatable for kids growing up. Uh, my 10 year old and my 13 year old watched the episode one with me and they both were intrigued by it the whole time. And, and for parents, it's going to hit you right in the feels because it involves the stuff of parents and things that parents deal with. You know, it, it's so the breadth of this show is so good right now that it, it, it does leave me a little bit nervous mm-hmm. that of mm-hmm. writers getting fatigued because to do what they're doing right now, is just something that you, you don't get a lot of. And I, yeah, I hope they don't do the thing that uh, unfortunately most of the CW shows have done where all of a sudden everybody has powers, you know, but we know they're mutants, so most of them do have powers, but they're integrated with people that don't have powers right now. 
And so you have the human side of things uh, that are just normal homo sapiens, and then you have the mutant side of things. And I like the I like the uh, the mix between the two right now. So, closing with this on, on on this particular show, if you haven't had a chance to check out check it out, we're three episodes in. By the time this comes out, there'll be a fourth episode. Get you get get you your opportunity. It comes out uh, right now. The Gifted airs on Mondays. But you can get everything on online and stream it. Check it out. You won't be you won't be displeased. Yeah, stop slacking. <laughs> Next up, Nick, you got something you want to talk about? Something I've been intrigued about. And I know that Cajuns talked about uh, seasons in the past. You're talking about Mr. Robot season three. So is, is, is Cajun up to date on these? Has he talked about these? You know, he's talked about them, but I don't know if he's up to date. Yet I know that he I know that he's talked about Mr. Robot in the past. So for the listeners, I'm harassing Damien um, over and over again to start watching this show. This is right up his alley, and he better start watching this. Um, for anybody that's um, into, you know, hacking or remember the movies movie The Hackers. Um, the Hackers is one of my all time favorite movies. What is so that? 1998. It's, it's, yeah, it's like total cheesy, not realistic. Correct. Yeah, but. But it was it was great. It's one of Angelina Jolie's first films. Yep, she's in it with her first husband. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it, it is yeah. I, that I like movie it. cracks me up. Um, I haven't watched it in, in several years. That's one of the ones you should go back to every couple of years, though. Honestly, it it is. It's it's definitely something that I. I mean, I wore out two uh, VHS yeah. of it, and then I have I have a DVD of it floating around somewhere. Well, one day <laughs> we'll need to do a show about old movies that we want to talk about again. Uh, the Mr. Robot, though, if I'll do a poll of Damien here where he likes to mix things together and give you kind of a, a, what he thinks it is. I, I call hackers hackers in 2050 because the technology is so advanced here and their and their ability to hack. Maybe there are maybe there's you know, there's people out there now that can do this, but it is it is very what they can do with the limited resources is almost too insane to even wrap your head around hopefully they can't do these nowadays but i take that hackers in 2050 and i take fight club and i mix these two together because you have a character here who is social anxiety disorder he has split personalities he he doesn't know what he's doing all the time he doesn't know he doesn't know what he's saying he he different characters in the show talk to him in different ways when he is one person or another person um this is season three, so I don't think I'm spoiling anything here. Christian Slater is his father. He he sometimes is Christian Slater, which is awesome in its own right. But sometimes he's talking to other characters as Christian Slater, and they're talking to him as, which is his father, as his father. And they know they're talking to him. Um, and the first season, that doesn't really come out. But in season three, it, it is coming out. People know when he is Christian Slater, his father, which he calls Mr. Robot. Or when he is himself. Now, uh, this show is created by Samuel Sam Esmel. It stars Rami Melek, who plays Elliot Anderson. And if people don't know who Rami Melek is, he is coming up in the new Queen movie. Bohemian oh, Rhapsody. I know, I know. And he looks the scene, the the, the, the just the a photos. segue on that. The photo that they released of him. Yeah, it looks fantastic. He looks this, a lot that movie like was in. That movie was in development hell with all the different actors that they've gone through. It's taken, what is it, like I forget how many years that they said that they're going to try to work on this thing? Yeah, I'm not sure, but Eddie Mercury and him share very similar resemblance. 
It's mm-hmm. it's starking. It was let me makeup and all that. Yeah. But he has those big eyes that Eddie Mercury had. You know, it, it just mm-hmm. yeah. It I think it's a perfect casting for that movie. And I'm a big Queen fan. I, I know you are too. So I know we're both maybe looking out for this movie. Um. So if anybody doesn't know who he is, he is a fantastic actor. This guy is mm-hmm. brilliant. Um. This show has been nominated for several awards. Um. Uh. So basically, um. I'll step back here a little bit. Basically, he is a hacker. Now, he is fighting something called E-Corp, which you can just take it as everything corporation in this world, you know. So they just call it E-Corp, which he calls Evil Corp. Uh, so they reference Evil Corp constantly. So he is fighting something that is so bigger than him, but it, the show takes it at that anybody can fight this fight. Because the people that are fighting it and this group they call F-Society, they're just normal people, a lot of them with normal jobs. And but they're a hacking group. Um, I I don't know how else to say hacking, but it sounds like I'm from 1998 because I'm talking about hackers. But they're they're a very brilliant group of people that can turn the whole world upside Cyber down. Cyber terrorists. Cyber terrorists is a great way to put it. Good job. Yeah, that's great. So season one and two, they basically focused on Plan A. Now you don't know what Plan A is. It kind of plays out through season two. What you finally realize what Plan A is. But they basically destroy the world's economy. And then and season three opens up with him realizing, I don't want to ruin season two ending just in case anybody hasn't seen it. And I know you haven't either, Damien. But season three opens up as him realizing that maybe what he's been doing this whole time, and a lot of it is Christian Slater's influence, Mr. Robot, his father, influencing him. But maybe, maybe what he was doing is not right. Maybe we do need E-Corp. Which is a good, just, uh, it's a good analogy for the whole world as it is right now. And you could take E-Corp as Walmart, you could take E-Corp as any corporation you want to look at this, and you could put that name on it. So it does have some stuff that's some real world stuff that you can look at and see, you know, sometimes you need this big bad corporation, but you have to keep them in check. And he's talking to himself and saying these things in the last episode, which I don't want to spoil for anybody, but for anybody that hasn't checked out Mr. Robot, it is an award-winning show. The acting is fantastic. Christian Slater is brilliant in it. you got to check this out. Yeah, and I know that uh, with Mitchell Robot came out, that was kind of uh, Christian Slater's reboot for himself, for his acting. It's because he's got – I know he's got a few movies that are starting to come out again. And, you know, because I remember kind of his fall was when he did Alone in the Dark. Oh, uh, yeah. That was the start, that was the start of his down, down – spiral and i was like no he had another fox tv show too i can't think of it but it was short-lived too I'm it a, was i'm a christian slater apologist one of the very first movies i saw was robin hood so oh, uh yeah so I, I i love christian slater i love him but in this I, i'm he's fantastic in this well yeah fans of christian slater also know that you know that he's from he's also been uh in star trek is he yeah He's, he's, he comes in and gets uh, Cap- Admiral Kirk. He's just standing in the doorway. He's not in it for very long. Huh. He's just one of the he's – he's an ensign that comes over and uh, and gets him out of his quarters. <laughs> every time Everybody's I, like, hey. Every time I do the show, I learn something. So I'm looking at it now, and they've won multiple Golden Globe Awards, Peabody Awards, Emmy nominations. Uh, so please, I want everybody on this, on this uh, Mr. Robot train. I'll definitely be checking it out. I gotta finish up a couple other things, and then I'll I'll be getting into that. Uh, next up, this is something that a bunch of us are watching. 
I know the two of us for sure are watching. Correct. Is Ghosted, and I've caught episode two and three. Yeah, so have I. And I gotta say, like, there's moments where where Adam Scott's character actually kind of like I'm like, ugh, like he he bugs me, but then he'll do something in the, in the episode because these episodes are only like they're like 27 minutes long. It's for half an hour long uh, TV show on Sunday nights. Uh, he'll do something during that episode that redeems it. So it's like, Oh, okay. But what I do like is I like, again, we were talking about this last episode. I like seeing Craig Ferguson's character, Craig Robinson, Craig Robinson, Craig Ferguson. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm talking about uh, Scotsman, right? Don't want Aaron emissions. Yeah. Nope. 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 Craig, Craig Robinson's character as the lead. Robinson's character as the lead. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which I agree with you. Because I, I, after you talked about it last week, I watched all three episodes, and you're uh, great. You're 100% correct, and uh, it seems like I'm agreeing with you today a lot. But uh, Craig Robinson as the lead and Adam Scott as you know player B, it's great. It, it mm-hmm. really is because they kind of go more into – they're going to both people's backstory. But in episode two, they went kind of went to uh, Craig Robinson's backstory a little bit there. And I was I was really happy that Adam Scott took a back seat to that literally he took yeah. a back seat in that show yeah. yeah and 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 it I mean it just it played out what I keeps getting getting me is every, with the start of each episode and they start out each episode with great like like eighties nineties rock okay yeah yeah or, yeah or 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 pop you know it's it's very much. It's it's every single time I'm watching this, I'm like, man, am I am, am I watching am I, am I watching Beverly Hills Cop? Like every single time I'm going on this, I'm like, I love this, but I'm like, like man, like like it gets me all excited. I'm like, please, please, like everybody else. Now, one of my kids I found out uh, is watching it, so I know that it is kept, it is starting to stick with some of the younger audiences. I, I I'm just like again, this is one of those things. I'm just like, please be enough viewers because I need this to go on because now I'm invested. It is kid friendly though. There's it is, I can't... It is kid friendly too, and it's yeah. like I mean, and it's it is. This is something you can watch. It's a fun show you can watch with your family because that's the thing is the whole thing's fun. It's it is the X Files but not serious. It's, not serious at all. Yeah, it's it's X Files beats Ghostbusters. That's what it is. There's all sorts of craziness that's going on. I mean, they reference, excuse me, they reference lycanthropes. They, rec- I mean, you got this this gal that's running everything. Which this was a this is a good thing. I forget the actress's name, but the gal that's playing like the the gal who runs the whole correct the, the whole, operation. Yeah, the, she's in charge of the the underground the not the underground the but uh, the agency that's doing. I, I'm dropping the name of the agency now. I just watched this. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, now, she is was one of the big bads in the early, first early seasons of uh, Sons of Anarchy, and you hate her. Is it Amber West? I think that's I think that is her. Yeah, and so you hate this lady in Sons of Anarchy. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I love that. And to see her play this character. Granted, she's still in this like commanding role, which is what she usually does. But it's a comedic commanding role, and to see her in a lighter, uh, in, in, in a in, see her in a lighter role, it actually warms the heart because you're like, oh my god, okay, this the actress can do other things. Yeah, she's not <laughs> super annoying. Yeah, and and they actually in episode three, they do a little more of a. They they kind they give her more of a, a they show her uh, her some of her backstory a little bit yes yeah 
and and so you get you're like okay so you start to kind of feel a little bit for her character now what i'm curious about is is though we're focused right now on the two on the, the main two agents in ghosted i'm curious to find out if we're going to get cameos possibly because they you know there's a lot of other agents out there correct yeah if and we know there's a lot of backing of the series behind other friends of these two individual actors I'm curious if we're going to have, like, eventually have, like, a Seth Rogen or something like that just do, like, an appearance come on the show. Yeah. For, like, like you know, just a, a cameo, uh, you know, an agent that's in trouble. I could really see that they, they don't need it. They don't need to WB this, but it's something that they could do just just literally for shits and giggles, and it would get just that. It, it would, would get work if they brought in the other agent and they were just much better at the job than Craig yeah. Robson and Adam Scott. Because Craig yeah. Robson and Adam Scott... They're the last they choice. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they don't yeah, know what they're doing. They're the last choice to go out and do this, and they send them out on the dumbest, or not the dumbest ones, but the ones that everybody else is busy or they don't want to do, you know. Uh, episode two, they had to go get a cat. I mean, but it, it, it involves way past that, and I don't want to spoil it for everybody. Episode two is my favorite episode so far. That one was great. It was fantastic. It was. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I can say is that who is the scientist guy? You know the guy that comes up with the. I forget. I I forget his name. I know he, I've seen him elsewhere. He's I a. Haven't, he, he's a little him. annoying. <laughs> he he is. Yeah. It's like it's like they tried to go a little too much James Bond Q with him. Yeah, but, but he's too goofy. He just he is. The... He does it like like the like Q has always been. Both iterations of Q have been really good. You know they've always been been a key part of that that you know James Bond feel. They tried to include that, but the thing is, is they have the scientist, and then they have the I forget the actress's name that actually brings the like the gadgets and stuff to them. Yeah, yeah. And so this guy, her, this guy's a little bit too goofy. He he does. He, he, right off the bat, the yeah, right off the bat, I think it was episode two. He's dressed like a cat because it's a Halloween episode, yeah. and he's over the top. And it's not his fault. That's just the way they're they're writing know, him. They're writing him. If maybe they should dumb him down a little bit make him more the cool scientist guy that gets out the cool gadgets you know uh but i mean he's fine i'm just that's a small critique there yeah but th- this is this is a show that you can watch it's 30 it's 30 minutes like i said 30 minutes long if you're watching actually on on tv or if you're picking it up on streaming it's like 27 uh, so you can really you can just cut through this and if you're just getting off work at night, you want to look at something. This is, gives you something to watch, and you'll feel like you actually. I mean, I, I almost can can guarantee you at least you laugh once during an episode. Oh yeah, go for but probably probably a lot more. That's a hundred percent guarantee. Those two guys yeah. are way too funny, man. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's. I I this is what I love is that we're we're in a time now where TV and we've talked about this a lot on our show that TV is not a death sentence for stars. It's just it's it's an equal format, if not sometimes more, because of you know uh, going to the movie theater. It's expensive, and people don't always go to them anymore. That's why you're seeing a lot of releases where things will release on demand at the same time as in theaters. Uh, yeah, there's nothing out there. You're you're correct on that. There's nothing out there better than Game of Thrones. How it's directed, yeah. shot, the choreography, everything. You know everything. So you're right. Craig Robinson could obviously do this show and then go do a movie. And same with Adam Scott, you know. Now, speaking of that, I want to segue off of off of that onto something. I just this last week saw, uh, and I don't actually have it in my notes, but I, I, I did. I, I saw it. I actually finally watched the Mummy, and I wanted to see this. Oh, Tom in Cruise. Theaters. Okay. And I wanted to see this in theaters. Now, 
I actually, and I never listened to, I never listened to uh, critics and whatnot, but I wound up listening to critics and I pissed myself off on this because I missed seeing this in theaters. My, we, I, I, I had my first week, weekend off in forever. And so my nieces were over. And so my brother-in-law uh, and my nieces, we sat down with my, my kids and we all sat down out in the living room. We rented this movie and we watched it and it kept my kids focused on it. This film, like I had saw like maybe one scene where I could have said that it was, it was too much Tom Cruise trying to do his own own kind of thing and being in front of the camera. But one of the things that the critics kept saying there wasn't enough mummy, and I'm sorry, but the mummy was in like almost the entire film, and unlike the Brendan Fraser films, which I really like. Uh, this is takes a more serious tone. It still has some humor in it, but there were certain things I wanted going into this because this is what they, they they originally were going to go with Dracula. Uh, uh, I believe it was Dracula Untold, um, which was the uh, Dracula film that was supposed to start the Dark Universe. And then it, when it didn't do as well in theaters, they said, "Ah, we're going to reboot this and kind of figure it out." Mind you, that's still their Dracula that they're going to use. They're just not necessarily going with that full storyline that they started with. That. Okay. Now they roll it in and they had to create a character. They kind of created their agent of shield, right in the dark universe. And their, uh, their guy that's kind of going around and gathering it is actually, uh, Dr. Jekyll. Oh, really? He's, yeah. He's the one that's going around and collecting and trying, he's basically running the dark universe's version of shield. And, what I wanted to see is I wanted to see Dr. Jekyll turn to Mr. Hyde. I was worried that because of it being the mummy film that we weren't going to see Mr. Hyde. And that like, like, cause I never heard anything about it in any review or anything. I didn't hear anything about it either. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you don't see a ton, but there's just enough of that and the way that they do it. It's, it's great. Like it shows that, that, the darker side and the mummy is shown enough. And here's the other thing is some of the, some of the people behind, this is why I wanted to segue this in after you mentioned game of Thrones, you know, we have talked an awful lot about how, like how awesome it is that they've shown us how they've done, put together the white walkers and things like that, where they have the green suits underneath the skeleton suits on top to show that like, they can take that away and show like, you know, missing limbs and things like that. Well, the mummies that are like the little bads, the little, like the, the, they got the, the mean, the main mummy. And then you have the more grotesque decomposed kind of ones. They are all done by some of the same people that are behind some of the game of Thrones stuff. Oh, so they look and great. Huh? You could, oh, you can tell that you like, they do the jitter and everything. Like when, as soon as, like, as soon as you watch this, you start seeing this stuff. You're like, Oh, I've seen this before, but I like this. You're going to get me like, like, it really pulls you in and takes your mind. Now, some people might be like, well, those aren't mummies because they're not wrapped. Well, the thing is, is actual, the true thinking of a mummy is something that's been kind of like preserved, not necessarily wrapped. That's the thing that we got to get out of our heads. You get that out of your head, you're going to like this. Now, the other cool thing is that they use some of the same props from the mummy. Okay. There's certain things. There's some stuff. Just keep your eyes. If you see this, I don't want to say too much, but there are some props that are that camera will pause just for a second to show you. Hey, remember this? 
and it, it, it's not like an in-your-face thing. It's just enough that it's a nudge and it make, made me smile. Also, some references like there was a reference in when Brendan Fraser, and I will give this one away because it was actually in a preview. Brendan Fraser, you know, was like, not the face, not the face, when a zombie was trying to like grab it at his face. Yeah. Tom Cruise says the same thing at one point. And it's not like a, it's not like a slapstick. It like it's just it happens so so just like as a matter of factly that you're just like wait a second oh and then you get it you start you're kind of if you've seen the other films you chuckle like it, I mean God I'm saying like a lot tonight but besides that fact all I'm gonna say is that it was a fun movie um, I would not say I I would not say six point five I would not. I would rate that rate this movie just as a fun factor, and even seven. Yes, there's a there's there's at least a lot that they could do to make it, you know, a nine or a ten, but it it was absolutely fun. In your it mind, was it was great, it was close to being a great it, it, mummy movie instead it, of a it good. It was great, yeah. It was yeah. close to being a great mummy movie. It they 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 took it in a way that allows them to do what they want with these other other creature features that they want to do like creature with the black lagoon uh we know what we know frankenstein's going to be coming Correct, out yeah you know, you know we know these things and they use this as a jumping point and some people might not like that they use chose the mummy to be that jumping point but they did and well if you attach tom is- cruise to it sorry to interrupt you if you attach oh, yeah, tom no if you attach tom cruise to it you're gonna get it made i mean if tom cruise yeah. says i want to be in this movie then it's greenlit so yeah. that's that's that might be the reason why you know they had the but, money yeah. that you know and and it got they got I mean they got a lot of flack for it it didn't do as good as they wanted but it is actually doing better now that it's out on video on demand it's on it's out in rentals and stuff like that it's getting an uptick well yeah because is, critics critics downplay it and then people don't go and see because they don't spend the money and then it hits DVD or your whatever streaming service you're using and everybody's like wait a minute it's not that bad this is actually pretty good. And all of a sudden, you see yep. you all of a sudden see the Rotten Tomato score card start going up. You're like, wait a minute, why do you have to say that? I wouldn't win this on the theater, like you're saying. Yeah, like I, 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 there's there's very few times where I'll see something, and then I'm frustrated that I didn't get a chance to see it in theaters. Like when I saw Pirates, I liked it, but I'm glad I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah. This, this, I wish I would have saw in theaters. The the next up is a sh- movie that could have gone into theaters, but you know it was an, it's a Netflix original, and I, I almost want to say it stars my, my little sister because the, the guy looks a lot like my little sister, but it's uh, it's The Babysitter, and it's filmed by Mick G, and he's got a lot of other stuff he's done. Like, I mean, if you're a fan of television, he's done a lot. Like, he's done Nikita. He's done uh, one little show that you might be, you know, his production company is behind. Uh, uh, Supernatural? Supernatural, yeah, Supernatural. I was think I started thinking of Silver because I know Sil- I was going to mention Silver in it because Silver's a big fan of it. Supernatural's a great show. He's behind that. Well, he actually put out the Babysitter, and the Babysitter. It's basically it's this is another thing where it's 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 a coming of age show for a teenage boy who's got who's or a twelve year old uh, who's got a babysitter. Now, it turns it takes a, it takes a turn from being. It's an event where, or evening where he's being babysat over a weekend. His parents are gone, and his, this this kid's friend is like, "Oh, you should stay up and see what they're doing." And it gets 
you know, it's a rated R film. They're like, yeah. oh, you should stay up there, you know, because you know, babysitters they have friends over and then they have orgies and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a like, oh, I'm gonna sit. Yeah, sorry, it's a boy. It's a 12 year old boy, yeah. and the girl is texting him. A, I don't know if it's his girlfriend or just a friend, but a girl is telling him, oh, babysitters have orgy. Go take a look. And he's like, well, if a girl's telling me, maybe I should go take a look. Yeah. And this is the other thing is, is like I've talked a lot about how the, the, the films have shown technology through texting and stuff like that, where they take the scene off to the side and they show the text come up. This film does it as well. And so I guess that's just the thing. I'm not going to really throw it up too much anymore because then it's going to make me sound like old, like I'm using one of the, like the brick phones, but I, I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't bother the, me. It doesn't, I don't want to get excited about it, but a lot of shows are doing it, you know, it's whatever it, anymore. It, yeah, it, it's, when I first started seeing it, it was, it was a big deal to me, but now it's just, it's just kind of the, the way that they do things. It's a great way to show the tech that's out Yeah, there. House of Cards season one, when they first was doing it, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. Now it's uh see the the score right now that they have for it is a 6.5 out of 10. Now I don't I don't agree with this. Like I agree that like it's to me this was really it was just a really fun horror flick to watch. It sits well with the people who are like fans of like the Evil Dead and uh anything that's like that's got that kind of comedy horror to it. Kill Bill Volume 1. Kill yeah. You know, you got it's it's I mean the, the gore is gratuitous. And the way that some people die is is kind of you know. I've only I only saw a couple parts, but I did see one death scene at the end, and and the kid's just kind of wiping his face off. I don't want to ruin too much, and I was like, oh my god, that's brilliant. (laughs) I was like, this is fantastic. I love over the top gore. This is just like an old Japanese samurai movie, you know, with the blood splitting out of the arm as the arm has been hacked off. It's right in that that tone. It is, and and the thing is, is so one of the thing one of the things that just gets me is at one point. The character, the 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 teen, he's tied up in a chair, and so you got you got your your typical like you got your typical B movie characters taking up roles, okay, uh, and you got one guy that's like he's supposed to be the like the athlete or whatever, and he's sitting there with I think he's got like a like a fire poker or, or something behind his back, and he's shirtless. And the, the kid, instead of thinking, oh, what's going on? You know, my, uh, like, you know, what, what, you know, why do you, why am I tied up? First thing he says is, why is he shirtless? <laughs> and it's just like the kind of like the, you know, he's saying what the audience would be thinking. And it's the stuff that the direct, that the director knows people think, you know, when they're watching these movies, oh, that's the hot guy. So that's why he's shirtless. You know, that's, you know, that's, you know, what's going on. And so they, they call it out on the things. And then basically what this gives you is what if Home Alone went rated R? If you want to know what Home Alone rated R was like and it still kept with the comedy, you watch The Babysitter. That's a good it's, that's a good analogy. I mean, because the kid makes booby traps. He has to make up a lot of stuff because, you know, he's a kid. He doesn't have weapons and things. And just some accidents happen. But then it also it just it also will throw random comedy in there where all of a sudden one of the guys that's trying to kill the kid is being like a mentor and telling him to stand up for himself. But the way that it's put into context in the film is funny and it's fits and it's 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 just it's a great how they go about it. It's not something that if in a lot of other shows, if you were to watch something like this, you'd kind of have to stand back and be like, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work. But for this show, it did, and 
like I know that you haven't seen it yet, Nick, but I know I know that my, Lacey and, my wife was watching it, so I was popping in during the Blazer game yesterday, and I was I was checking out a couple of scenes here and there during commercial breaks, and everything I watched, I was either laughing or I was very excited about all the gore. And she yeah. kept on telling me it's right up my alley, so I will definitely be checking this out. Yeah, when you, when you need to check it out, we'll talk a little bit more on it. It's it's something that's that's definitely I'm gonna rewatch. Um, I had a lot of fun. I actually wouldn't mind owning this film. And <laughs> I haven't bought. I don't buy films hardly at all anymore. But Who does? This is one you know because I know it's a Netflix rental. It's always gonna be on yeah. there. But I'll, I wouldn't mind buying it. So next, I want to roll into. We're gonna go into Rupture, which is. Uh, it's, it's a, it's, I just want to talk a little bit about this, uh, mainly because it's going to play into something that's going to come up later on in the podcast. And Rupture is, you know, we talked about the gifted and one of the actors in the gifted is a young actor named Percy Hines White. And he plays one of the, he plays the son in the gifted. Well, when I was looking through my, my cues and stuff like that, it came up on Amazon. It says, hey, watch, you know, check this out. And I was like, okay, I'll check it out because it's got the same actor in it. Well, it's it's so the little preview of it says, a single mom tries to break free from a mysterious organization that has abducted her. Well, that's not, mm, it's not really what goes on. What happens is, is that she's, it stars Numi Rapace, uh, Michael Chiklis. Yes, I saw that. Uh, yeah, and then another actor that he's and he's kind of the big bad of this. Again, Michael Chiklis and him uh, is uh, Peter Stormare. Uh, yes, Stormare. Yeah, and then he's been in all sorts of stuff. If you know, if you're a fan of Call of Duty, you see him in a lot of in the Black Ops, you know, trailers and things like that. He's he's just all over the place. Yeah, he's in the new show, too, uh, on... uh, Stars. Stars, yeah, sorry. Were you about to say that? I apologize. Yeah, American Gods. Yeah, sorry. American Gods. He's the the evil or death or whatever. Um, But uh, what I wanted to talk about this is, is that this involves mutants. But what it is, it's a mutant organization that's bringing the mutant gene out in people, and it's kind of grotesque ways, and it's a mixture of kind of the uh, uh, hostile films mixed with uh, kind of the feel that the trailer of New Mutants. And this makes me feel that this show, that this movie, like I was trying to look to see if there's any cast and crew that's connected to New Mutants. And I, so far I haven't seen anything connected. But what we do know is sometimes stories, this was made in 2016, Sometimes you see stories that were shopped around to other places, and then places will grab that story and then twist it and create it for themselves. Then you wind up getting two movies that are kind of similar. Kind of feels a little bit like it's down that road. I'm not not certain. It is. It's worth a watch at least once. Um, I don't know if I'd watch it again. It's not highly. It's not highly it's, recommended. It's, it's not. It's by not anywhere. Yeah. No. It's. I watched it because of the actors that the actress. Yeah, makes sense. And the yeah. actors that were in it, but it's yeah, it, it kind of. It, I was like, I, I'm I've been sick today. I've been laying down, you know. So I I, I was like, eh, I got something to watch. I'll check it out. 20. If you got if you got time, if you if you have it. time, because right now it's twenty one percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, it's four point <laughs> eight on IMDb. So it's 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 the bottom of the list. But I I feel like the storyline could be used for something else. We're going to talk about a little later. 
But yeah, so I watched it. <laughs> not not the happiest use of my time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you were sick and laid up. It's uh Yeah, that that's that's about that was about That's reasonable. About uh but like I said, for talking points later, that's one of the reasons I put it up on here. Uh, skipping away from this, you saw a Netflix original that just popped up that I'm interested in. You yeah, want to tell me? Yeah, about it's it? the Meyerwood stories. It's starring Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller, Dustin Hoffman, and the best name in the world, Elizabeth Marvel. Um, this is directed by Noah Bombach. Um, I, I don't know too much about Noah. Um, he also written this, wrote this, and I did read an article that he wanted to get something for Adam. Um, everybody probably knows that Adam has signed a deal with Netflix to make movies. Not a lot of them are highly rated. There's a couple that people like. Um, I'm a big fan of his more dramatic roles. I mean, Spanglish. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm dropping the name of the other one. That's a uh, punch, punch drunk love. He's fantastic in these. Um, I, I don't know if he's still making comedies because he wants to put all his friends into them and give them jobs. I, I really don't know anymore because a lot of them are not good. I mean, they're family fun. You sit down with your kids and watch them. But every time he does a dramatic role, I'm, I'm, that's, I love the movie. It's one of my funny people. Funny. Yeah. Funny people. Uh, Yeah. He's a, he's a really good actor. And I don't know why he doesn't put himself in better positions or better one, roles. One of the he did that was kind of dramatic. It was comedy and and it was like a dra- dramedy, which was uh, the Cobbler. Oh, yeah, my kids like that movie. Yeah, yeah, I like that one too. Highly, yeah, I liked it too, but it wasn't highly. High, I but it but he did a great job in it. I think. Yeah. So this this movie, right off the bat, uh, I say that a lot, but right off the beginning of it, there's a there's a part with Dustin Hoffman. And Ben Stiller and him are at a restaurant, and something happens, and his jacket is misplaced. And then there's kind of a chase scene on foot. It's the lamest chase scene of all time, but it's shot very Wes Anderson. It is very, okay. yeah, yeah. It's very uh, uh, Wes. Wes likes everything to be. Uh, how do you how do you say it, Damien? Uh, where everything is squared off. He likes everything to be. Uh, he likes everything to be uh, seat like uh, I'm, it's. It was on the tip of my tongue. Now I'm dropping it. Uh, cut that part off, Foss. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there is scenes where it reminded me of a Wes Anderson film. Not only not only the way it was shot, uh, not only the way the chasing was shot that reminded me of uh, uh, Moonrise Kingdom, but also the dialogue. This is a very dialogue-driven movie. There's nothing big happening in this movie. So you do have to sit down and, and, and watch and listen to it. Otherwise, you will be lost. This is on Netflix. It's available now. Dustin Hoffman is fantastic. Ben Stiller is great. Adam Sandler is one of the best roles I've seen him do. And this is a heavy Adam Sandler movie. This is not a heavy Ben Stiller movie. This is a heavy Adam Sandler movie. Ben Stiller is the brother-in-law who lives in L.A. and that ends up back into New York uh, for uh, personal matters with the family. Um... Dustin Hoffman uh, fell ill, so the family kind of gets together, and that's where Elizabeth Marvel comes in. She lives in New York, too, with Adam. And Dustin Hoffman plays this very eccentric artist who is at the end of his life, but he's still trying to start his life. He's still trying to find people to love his artwork, and he has put that ahead of his kids their whole life, and the kids are trying to to come to terms with it, as they're in their 40s and 50s. And so it's kind of a coming-in-age movie for people in their 40s. Um, and they have to work out their family matters. 
Um, I highly recommend this. I know you're going to watch it, Damien. Yeah. So everybody check that out. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, you know, we always say, you know, 40s, the new, you know, people say, like, oh, 40s, the new 20 or 40s, the new 30. They're lying. Like they, 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 they change. They, they'll say stuff like that, yeah. though. And if you, you know, so, I mean, and there are some people that still are still coming to terms with, you know, they're trying to still start their life. They maybe they did yeah, too so much early is... on that they regret and and Dustin Hoffman is this character. But he really just regrets that people it's not that he's not more famous, that just he wants more people to know his artwork. And I think that's the bottom line for his character. Talking about famous, uh did you catch the next episode I, of White Famous? I'm gonna watch this thing as soon as it drops every time. This thing is fantastic. It it is, honestly. It's so there've been two ep- two episodes that have been out. I, I finally I caught the second one and watched it. And what I do like is I do like the references to Californication. And there's more in the in the second episode. But yeah, that's all you, man. Because I haven't watched Californication. So every so time you got you, you got to go back and watch. So it, you bring it, you bring this up, and I'm lost. And I was watching episode two, and I'm like, what does he mean? And it must be the writing style, or there's there's something that it's you... characters. All the characters. This takes place in the exact same. So you're meeting characters. Uh, Stu is a big character from the Californication really? series. Yeah. So it really uh, is a crossover, or this is a crossover. Yeah, all the uh. characters are crossing over from it. So it's like I know these characters. That's great. There's a couple characters. Yeah, there's a couple characters that I found out that are coming into this series that I'm gonna like like. Uh, R- this is RZA or RZA. RZA, yeah, uh, it's RZA. RZA yeah. is gonna be coming into this. From he's got Wu-Tang. a good character. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's got a good. Is Stephen Tobolowski in Californication? Uh, let's see. Uh, yes, he is. Oh, I love Stephen Tobolowski. So, yeah. And he, um, he's in episode one for anybody that wants to check that out. Yeah, it's they 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 are all these characters are crossing over. They're all taking place in the same place. There's been confirmation of other characters coming over. The thing is, is that this actually is this is the 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 black version kind of. That's the one of the things I've noticed of this is that the characters. I mean, even even down to the name. So White the main famous, character yeah. in California cares. Uh, main character in Californication is named Hank Moody. Oh, really? Yeah, his, his character's name. His character is Hank Moody. Now in White Famous, the character's name is last name is Mooney. Yeah, Mooney. Yeah, yeah. And so, so there's there is that there is that kind of th- that nod to that. Now there's also the the baby's mama drama and all that stuff that goes on. That's that's a, that is a reference also and comparable to the to the other to uh, Californication, which, but it's done so well. The writers just continually to shock me with how well they will put something in into an episode and they're ahead of you and they know that it's going to be said they know you're going to be thinking it and then they make a joke about it that that, that's very true and even in the trailer of episode three there's a dinner scene and i was like i was wondering when that was going to happen Mm -hmm. and and so there's i I just this one of the things where we've been trying not like I, i tried not if it's something I'm really into, like I, like when the season's over, we'll go back and we'll go through in depth and kind of talk about some of our favorite, more things that we want. But more. I'm telling you, it's it's definitely something you don't want to watch with the kids around. No, it's not safe for work. <laughs> it's not safe for work. Not safe for kids. No, there's a lot of TNA. Um, yeah, but it's it is funny if you like stand up. If you like stand up comedy, you you gotta watch this because it's it's stand up on 
kind of on rails because it kind of goes through and it's still it's yeah. going through different scenes. The scenes act around the stand-up. And this is this is the lead character, and this is Jay Farrow. And for people that don't know him, he was on Saturday Night Live for several seasons, most famously playing Barack Obama, and he did a great Barack Obama impression. I always told my wife told him that he is my boyfriend because I always raved about him when he was on Saturday Night Live. I felt like he was the best character. Should have had more scenes in Saturday Night Live. Um, he did eventually leave Saturday Night Live, and maybe because he had the show White Famous, which I did not know about until Damien told me about it. Um, he is. He is absolutely brilliant in the show. He's funny. His stand-up is funny. And episode one, didn't it kind of remind you of, like, the opening of, like, 1989 Seinfeld? It did. It did. It yeah. did. It did. It did. Yeah. It was – It's and, you know, and they'll, they'll definitely go back to stuff like that because that's, you know, that's that's going to be his thing. They had, you know, with Californication, they did their kind of opening kind of scene every now and then. Okay. Do. okay. So this will be his thing. So you, there will be other times where you're going to see this come up. But I just wanted to throw that out there that White Famous, if you're not on it, it's two episodes in. Get watching this show. It is a good, fun experience. Uh, that With that, uh, we're going to talk a little bit. What are we going to be covering next week? So next week, uh, I know that I'm going to be watching. Well, we'll be watching more. White uh, Famous. White, white famous. I'll be probably have the Merowitz stories underneath my belt. More uh, ghosted, and uh, the gifted definitely will be talking more about that. I will. T- uh, I will continue watching Mr. Robot too. If people are interested in that, and especially if Cajun's watching it, that'll be great. Um, I'll check out the Babysitter. I will not be watching Rupture. No, don't, <laughs> don't. It's it's the Rupture. Like I said, it was in there for what we're going to be getting into in the hype train. No, I so, even if I have the with, flu, Damien, I'm going to watch something else. Yeah. <laughs> So getting into this, let's go. We're going to go into the hype train. So first off, we're going to talk a little bit about the Justice League trailer three. What's your what's your take on that, Nick? There is a lot going on in here. And now uh, talking with uh, Brandon Faust over, over on our Discord, he was bringing up a couple of different things. Now, there is a scene in trailer number three where they say there's no more Superman. There's no more Lanterns. This world will fall like the rest and will fall easy. Something in that vein. I'm not quoting it exactly. But as soon as I heard that and I was like, oh, no more lanterns? What does that mean? Are we getting a Green Lantern? Mm-hmm. Because he is original member of the Justice League. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Cyborg is not. Now, oh. that made me start thinking and I started doing a little bit of research because there's an opening scene uh, where Wonder Woman has to go and get these guys out of the museum. They're just your typical thugs. They don't show their face. Maybe it's more than what it, the, you know, what it shows right now. But are they going into the museum and looking for one of the mother boxes? Because Cyborg's cyborg suit is built off a of mother box. There's another mother box on uh, the Amazonian land where you know the Amazons mm-hmm. are, are are protecting it, and you even see a boom tube where they get. Anyways, that's amazing. But so are, is is Justice League. Everybody getting together because they're protecting the mother boxes. That's why I'm I'm curious if they're going that direction. Which yeah, Brandon uh, disagreed with me, but we'll we'll you know we'll see. Yeah, that I I'm not I'm not sure on there. There's also was that scene with Alfred where there's a person that walks in and we don't know who this character is. You see, because it could be misdirection, but you yep. see a glimmer of green. You, so we don't know if this that. is like Hal Jordan. Is this? You now know, they said it was also the shoulder they were saying was red. Then it was analyzed that it was brown. But Hal Jordan wears a flight jacket, so is it Hal Jordan's brown, or is it, flop, it yeah. or is it or is it red? 
So is that Shazam? Because the Shazam movie's coming out, which that would be completely disappointing. I don't want Shazam. <laughs> no, I don't want. But Shazam we all know a hundred percent sure Superman's going to be in this movie. Yeah. Batman yeah. looks at the hologram of Superman. It's probably Superman. I mean, it could, it could, it could be. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a, a character that none of us. I'm hoping that they hold it the cards somehow close to the to the chest, and that we don't see. We don't we don't see this character coming till it releases, and then everybody's like, "I knew it," you know, or "Oh my gosh, that blew me away! I didn't know that character was going to be in this." I want a surprise. Well, since they're putting Cyborg in this, and he's not an original member, so they can bounce around here. What if it's not Hal Jordan? What if it was Green Lantern? Uh, oh man, I just dropped his name. The second Green Lantern uh, that was on Earth. I'm dropping his name. But what if it was in that nature? Because they say there's no lanterns, but then a lantern does show up. I would be very excited if it was a lantern and Superman showed up at the end because we know he's going to show up. Or if Silver was saying, what if it's Nightwing? That would be awesome. I'd be like, so happy be, for that. That would uh, be my yeah. number one. Give, give me, give, give me a, you, you know, you get Dick Grayson involved in yes. this. Yes. Yes. Like that, that would be fantastic. I would. What I if would Dick Grayson was that. somewhere else and only Alfred knew where he was at, but obviously Batman yep. can track anybody. He's the best detective in the world. Yada, yada, yada. What if Alfred knew he was coming back and he only told Alfred? They have yep. a close relationship. We all know this. Dick and him are very close. What if he comes back? That would be incredible. That that would be. Now, kind of segueing out of this, I just wanted to talk about. So I love the magicians, and if, it's better to watch on Netflix. If you can watch it on Netflix, you're going to get a much better experience because things aren't blurped out or blurred, and you know, or cut away from. But. Season 3 is coming early 2018. Not a confirmed a actual date as of yet, but I'm excited and we keep getting the if you if you're interested in, the, in it, check out season 1 and 2 on Netflix right now and follow them on Twitter because they tease stuff like crazy right now. They keep throwing up storyboards and things like that of the new season and it's looking to be fantastic. We know it's going to be a war between the magicians and the fairies and the fairies are creepy as hell. Uh, in Fillory. So if you get a chance, make sure you check out The Magician Season 1 and 2 on Netflix or anywhere else you can get you can catch it. And then last thing on Hype Train that we want to talk about is something that, that you know they're doing within the Marvel Universe. And this is kind of what Rupture reminded me of was this trailer, except for this just looks fantastic, which is New Mutants. Nick, you, you and I have watched this trailer probably more times than we can count. I've caught it at least five times. Now, on the on the uh, before mentioned Gifted, and you were talking about we're getting different stories now and different characters. This is this is an X Men movie. It is an X Men story, but it's like an X Men Chronicles or something like that. The every character I saw, I didn't know who they were. So on the bane of what you were saying before about Gifted. This is going in the same direction. Yeah, this is this is, you know, we we think we you know we've taken it for granted superheroes and that they just get their powers and they're all happy. And you talked about Jubilee. Jubilee was not happy. Jubilee was in a mall with her friends when her powers started to come out. Yeah, and and it frightened her. But the thing is, you can only get so much in the children's show in animation. Correct. You can't get that feeling. So think of X-Men without the Xavier University or Xavier, you know, where they morph all these kids who are the powers are just coming out now because of emotion and puberty and all this, and they hone them for them. 
and they keep them in check and they keep them supported now take that out of this world and where do they go where do these people go that need help with their superpowers or their mutant abilities i mean new mutants is a horror film that takes place in the x-men cinematic universe this film is because it's what happens to these kids who have these powers to hear things, to see things. Think about how frightening frightening that would be. Oh, can, to yourself, I, and I mean, I mean, yeah, not knowing what's going on, the walls are closing in on you. Yeah, yeah, it's this is stuff that's going on, and it takes place basically in some type of testing facility or insane asylum, something yeah. like that. We're not, we don't know what this facility is. Some, we just know that it's dark, muted colors, very. Uh, everything about it is filmed in a way to make you feel uncomfortable and scared. But you know that these are mutants. You know that they have abilities. You know that they have powers. And so they still are mentioning things that we're familiar with, which brings the audience in. Correct. And then they're putting you in a situation that we are not used to seeing. We're not used to seeing the realism that these individuals have to go through we're just used to them being oh that's spark plug or that's not that's transformers <laughs> you know that that's that's uh cap you know that's captain marvel that's captain america that's you know wolverine yeah you know these superheroes that are larger than life that re- most of the time don't have to worry about this is putting it in this perspective of what they are going through how they feel the emotion that you know that they're feeling and the factor is is that they're not they're not safe they're not necessarily uh, not going to fall to, you know, to the, the feel their mortality. They are mortal. They are. Yeah. They feel pain. They feel fear. And it's portrayed in this trailer to the point that it's just it makes you your brain almost want to pop because in a world where we have been given the you know, just the, the kind of like the lollipop superhero films, which they've been entertaining, they've been great, but they don't trigger certain emotions that this, you know, that this is looking to trigger. Like, I thought we might have gotten that with Civil War had they gone with the actual Civil War cool. comic yeah. storyline. I was quite ready for that. In fact, when I went to see the film, I told my kid, my boys, John, just be ready. Because Captain America is my middle son, that's his favorite character. Because you know he started off, he was wasn't you know he just he said it was a scrawny character that got you know tough and all this stuff, and it just it spoke to him. And so I told him like, oh, you got to be ready to lose your favorite character. Yeah. And so I like had to prep him for it, and then it didn't happen. And then I was like, I kind of felt like an ass because like, he was <laughs> crying before we went to go see it. And but that was what I was kind of waiting for to have an emotional grab like that. But even that isn't the same way that this trailer pulled me in no new mutants will pull you in if you're a horror fan and you know nothing about x-men or you know nothing about mutants or if you're not even a fan of superheroes if you just looked at this and it didn't even say mutants on it or x-men or or uh new mutants it would just pull you in if you were a fan of uh, any horror movie because it's psych, psych, uh, psychological thriller. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's, because this, this is just trailer one. So we don't know what direction they're taking this into. We're going to have to wait till you know, trailer two or three drops to get a little bit more information about it. But it, it looks like a psychiatric ward, like you're talking about. There is a scene where there's a graveyard. You did notice. You, you, did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's there's not names on the graves. There's just numbers with hash, you know, pound signs, hashtags. 
uh, and I saw 133. And so you're like thinking, like, how many of the mutants are they killing off to figure out how to control them, or, or are they not controlling them, or who knows? And and the thing is, is with us with what we talked about, gifted, and what we talked about that stuff is is that there are connecting things together differently. So I mean, for all we know, they we could find out later that new mutants is connected to the gifted. I mean, there's a lot that they're trying that they're doing, and if they are starting to utilize this this momentum they got from Logan to be able to kind of create this new universe, we're not going to talk about uh, Inhumans, um, <laughs> but uh, if they're going to take the momentum they got from all this other stuff, it looks like it's. I mean, it's the potential is is looking really good for the for the Marvel kind of I guess you'd say multiverse because we yeah. have the Marvel Marvel cinematic universe and now we have the Fox cinematic universe. Is this you Fox know. or Marvel? I didn't look that up. This is Fox. This is Fox. That's why it's going to be is this is why I'm excited for. That's why for. it's dark. That's why yeah. it's dark yeah. because they're it's going the same I mean I mean I guess you could say I, I here's the thing I keep saying Logan. I'm going to give it back to the 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 man the myth, the legend, Deadpool, because Deadpool is the reason why we're getting these R-rated films and these darker stories, is because Deadpool made it okay for superhero films and for other things, you know, mutant-related films, to go dark. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Ryan Reynolds, for that. Because uh, he, without him, that movie would have never been made. Nope. Uh, and on the, on the vein of Gifted, though, two of the main characters are kids, and they have powers, and but they have a support system. And this movie, take that away from them. Take the support mm-hmm. system away from them. We don't know how much support they're getting or, uh, or how, how much they're not or if they're interacting with the other kids. We don't know. You kind of just see them, you know, single-handed, you know, by themselves so far with this trailer. Um, you do see a doctor injecting them with something. Who knows if they're trying to, like, control their powers or, or harness their powers or make their powers, you know, uh, 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 take over. I, who knows? Who knows? But I'm I'm absolutely excited for this movie. Yeah, same here on that. Now, it comes out. We're, we're looking at three thirteen eighteen. Yeah. So we got so we got a little while to wait. But the thing is, is that you know, we're going to get other trailers that are going to come out for it. We'll definitely talk more about it as it comes along, story more as we come along. This is something that we might even try to get a few of us of the Northwest, uh, the Northwest Geekologist guys to, guys together to go see. Um, that would be kind of kind of cool. That would Paul be cool, and, yeah. And Jeff Berry involved in this. Um, but And another March another March release. What, what movie were we talking about? Oh, Gambit's going to be released in February. So they're yeah. releasing these movies in February, March, and I spoke last week about how that usually makes me nervous. But because of Deadpool, that kind of changes it. Maybe because it's a different type of uh, movie. It's not in the universe. It's not might not be in the MCU universe. It's in the Fox universe. Maybe maybe we're getting more because the superhero movies are kind of diluted and they have to spread them out throughout the year. Maybe we're just going to get great movies in February, March. Now, if you think about it, you got to think about it. this summer for blockbusters. The blockbusters didn't hit like they typically do. People had fatigue this summer, so I never understood March, the summer blockbuster. It's summer, yeah. <laughs> you know. There's things to yeah. do besides you know, 
winter time. Yeah. I understand the Christmas time where we go, you know, but yeah. why not utilize January, February, March? Or, yeah, you know, and that, so I think that's what we might be getting. It's looking good. Yeah. Now that's going to, that's going to close us out here tonight for our, for our, in our queue. Uh, it's been, it's been a good time on here for the, for the two of us being able to go over some of the stuff that we're into. We'll have more casts back together. Uh, like I said, when Faust gets his computer all back together, he's been doing a big upgrade. <laughs> We've been seeing the the screenshots in our in our Discord chat. But uh, you can reach us. Uh, we're going to talk to you and sign off where you can find us at. Our email is podcast at geekologistradio.com. You can find us on Twitter at geekologistradio minus the T for character restrictions. Find us on the web at geekologistradio.com and www.ninjapancake.com. Now, Ninja Pancakes got a lot of good podcasts out there. Geek Squash, uh, more, my morning, uh, my morning coffee, my evening, our our evening beverage. Uh, there's just a plethora of shows on there. You might even get to hear a little clip of one of those shows at the end of this episode. And uh, you can reach find me at Geek. Blah. <laughs> you can find me on twi- Twitter at Mr. Damian Nash, all one word. Nick, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Nick and PDX, all one word, on Twitter. And if you're a fan of Blazers and you follow him, <laughs> you don't even need to watch the game. He will keep you informed. That was just on game one. Going. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we're going to have a lot more content stuff coming out. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, this week, you're going to get a special game on, which is an interview with the streamer and a friend of the cast. Uh, his name is Bast underscore 50 on Twitch if you want to go check him out but this week he is at TwitchCon and we're going to put out our interview that I got a chance to snag with him at uh, at PAX West and it's a really in-depth interview of just kind of his growth as a streamer his backstory of his life and everything and it'll be a good time hope you guys get a chance to check it out and with that we are out